Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. You know, last week we were celebrating Pentecost, right? And after we celebrate Pentecost, sometimes my question is, now what? Like we spent weeks leading up to that moment of Pentecost, right? And it's like, really? Now what? Because we celebrate it, we, we talk about the Spirit being inside of us, but why is that even a big deal, right? Honestly, I, I fear that we live our lives as if salvation is the focus of everything. And hear me out what I mean by that. We live like the cross, the resurrection, getting to heaven is our only purpose. But is it? Is that all there is? Because if that's true, then you can open your Bible, you can find the page for John 3.16, tear out that page, find John 14.6 where, you know, tear out that page because that's really all we need if that's our only focus. Because John 3.16 says that God gave his only son that whoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. And Jesus expanded that and said, okay, and this is how that works. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody gets to the Father except through me. So if that's our only purpose, then we just need those two verses, right? Like, man, that would take a lot of my study time out. I wouldn't have to worry as much. But on down in... John chapter 14, we see Jesus talk about a little bit more. So if you do have Bibles, we're in John 14 and later in 16. And he says on down in there that there's this promise of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we've been leading up to. Last week was Pentecost, that promise of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him, doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later he'll be in you. So the Spirit was with them already. Pentecost was the moment the Spirit came inside the believers. All right? Does that make sense? So Jesus is telling us there's more, right? It's not just about getting your ticket punched for heaven. There's more. He also said in verse 26, he said, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that's the Holy Spirit, he'll teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So he was telling the disciples, he said, there's going to come the Holy Spirit and he's going to continue what I've started. There's more, right? There's more. He said, he's going to remind you of the things I've taught you. So we know, especially as we're watching The Chosen, it's like, oh, there's these moments that it probably didn't make sense what Jesus was teaching them. It was later that it clicked into place. Because the Holy Spirit was reminding them. Remember when Jesus said this, right? And he said, but not just that he's going to remind you, he's going to continue to lead you into the truth. Because remember, we just got through singing. We believe in the Holy Trinity. Father God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Different persons of God, but somehow the same. 
And no, I cannot scientifically explain that to you, but I believe it, and it's true, and I know it happens. So there is more. Flip over to John 16, 8. Jesus gives us a very good description of what the Spirit does in our life. 16, verse 8. And when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of coming judgment. And the sin is refusing to believe in Jesus Christ. Now, we know in the Church of the Nazarene, we have what we call the Articles of Faith. We have 16 Articles of Faiths that tell us our core belief. We've studied those, went through those. Article 3 is about the Holy Spirit, and it says in there, He is convincing the world of sin, regenerating those who repent and believe, sanctifying believers, and guiding into all truth as it is in Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is who convicts us, you know, that little voice that we hear sometimes, convicting us of things in our life. It says he's regenerating those who repent and believe. So the Holy Spirit comes at that moment of salvation when you ask Jesus for forgiveness. That's when the Holy Spirit enters you. And he's regenerating. What does that mean? He's renewing, giving new life. The old is gone, new life has come, right? And he's sanctifying believers. Sanctifying is the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. There's more. Now, last week we talked about 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, Jehoshaphat's prayer, right? And we went through the prayer and we compared it to Pentecost. We compared it to, to how they were waiting to, to figure out what was going on. God, give us guidance. And that was the same thing. Jesus said, I need y'all to wait in Jerusalem until the Spirit comes. And Jehoshaphat's prayer, we broke it down into four segments. There was the praise of who the character of God was. There was him remembering God's track record. And we compared that to our Ebenezer jar. So for my visitors that may, may not understand what was taking place here, we call this our Ebenezer jar. Ebenezer means the stone of help. And it reminds us of a moment when God already helped. We remember that moment when God answered. So for me, I will tell you this morning what mine was when I came up, because just some things that's going to go on in my sermon, I'm, I'm a little like, eh, I don't know how this is going to work, Lord, but we're going to go with it. And, and I just remembered, I thought, God, you've had me do some crazy things before. And it turned out pretty good. So just fill me up. Empty all of my spirit. Fill me with your spirit. And the message will flow. You know, that was my prayer that I dropped in this morning. And I know some of you, I know some of what was. And so what we do, we come up, you pick up a rock, you write your initials, and you lay it in that Ebenezer jar. One, it reminds me what God has done already in my life. Two, it reminds you when you see this jar full of rocks, how faithful God has been in others' lives. And I remind you every week, he loves you just as much as he loves anybody else that's in that jar. And I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying watching this thing fill up. I love that. And one of these days, it'll fill, and I'll put a lid on it, and we'll get a new jar, and we'll keep doing it. Because I think that reminds us of the God we serve. And that's what Jehoshaphat was doing. He was reminding the people of God's track record, what he had already done in the Israelites' lives. And then he asked specific prayers for what they were going through. 
But it's that last part where we talked about how he came with a, a spirit of humility, humbleness. He was humbling himself and a nation before God that said, we don't know what to do. And we need you to tell us. We need you to work, God. Because I don't know what to do with this situation. And then they weighed it. So when we talk about sanctification, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. But we have to come with a very humble spirit, do we not? We have to be able to come to God knowing that he has the right to do whatever he wants. Now, usually I compare sanctification to the fact of, um, and this is perfect because I had house guests this weekend. So like, you know, but I always say at our Christmas party, I, I clean the middle of my house really, 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 really good, right? And it's like when Jesus comes, he knocks on that front door. Yeah, come on in, Jesus. Sanctification, though, is when he says, hey, can I go snooping in your closets? And at my house, that is a hard no. Don't know. You're laughing. You must have sneaked in a closet, see? Because if you looked in any of my kids' closet, you know what I'm talking about. Because I, I live in an empty nest where my kids have moved off, but somehow their stuff doesn't go with them. Any, who else can attest to that? Yeah. I don't know how that works. And I so understand my mother so much better when every time I used to come home for a visit, she wanted to send something with me. I don't want that in my house, Mom. Well, I don't want it in mine, you know? And, and honestly, as we, were, as we were switching out beds, I, I, I put a new bed in Brittany's room, but I had told her, I was like, hey, hon, I was like, um, I'm going to do some changing in your room and shifting of some things, you know? And she's like, well, I was like, whoa, whoa, let me explain. I'm not asking for permission, I'm telling you. <laughs> I've got to do some changes, right? So, so sanctification is that moment where you give God the okay to open any door he wants and do what needs to be done. And that's a scary thing. But first, we have to come humbly. Now, let's be honest. We live in a world full of filters and selfies, do we not? We live in a world where you can't trust anything you see. Um, now, yeah, we, we talk about funny filters we put on our photos a lot of times. Um, but honestly, sometimes when I'm making those videos you guys watch, I'll throw a filter on there because BJ's makeup is not really kicking it that day. Or maybe BJ ain't got makeup on, and so I need a little help. <laughs> you know? So throw that filter on, right? So we live in this world where everything is maybe not as real as it is. Hey, ladies, who got this? These Do y'all love these? I love these. Yeah, even guys. I mean, they're, they're good for guys, too. Like, this is my new order I went on Amazon to get because I love these so much. By the way, two packs, $10, just so you know, if anybody else fell in love with these things. Um, but we live in this world that is so fake and... It's hard to trust anything, right? So I was thinking one night as I was removing my makeup, and let me tell you, I knew what I was doing this morning, and I was so, kind of mad because as I was doing my makeup, it was good makeup this morning. Like, I like the way the eye makeup came out. <laughs> it just all worked, right? Right? 
You see, to be humble means that we have to expose ourselves, right? All the mess-ups, all the flaws. I didn't practice this week with a microphone. But to be humble means, God, here I am. Good, bad, pimples, redness, whatever. I think I need help to make sure I get all that off. And let me tell you, this is not an easy thing. For, for those of you, because I know I'd, I've done some crazy, maybe dumb things in here before. But for, did I hear a yeah? Seriously? But for me to, to go without my makeup is not something I do a whole lot of anymore. I tried to make one video for y'all one time on like Wednesday night when we were doing that. And I thought I looked pretty decent. And then later I watched that video and I thought, I look like death warmed over without my eye makeup on, right? But sanctification is just like this. It's exposing our bare self to God. And saying, God, you have control now to do whatever. Now when it comes to Jesus for our salvation, we we humble ourselves in a very similar fashion. So like at that moment of salvation, whatever that was for you, whether it was camp, whether it was at an altar like this, whether it was in a bedroom like mine was, we humble ourselves and we realize, we understand that when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through me, we understand God owns heaven. He makes the rules. That's his, that's his place. He has the gate for it, and, and it's by his way that I have to get there. So I humble myself, and I say, God, I, I need forgiveness. I need a Savior. Well, sanctification is no different. We humble ourselves. We admit our need for his Holy Spirit to work in our life. And we know this that because in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15... God says, be holy because I am holy. That's the whole point of what sanctification is. Becoming holy, not because man tells us to, but because God is holy. And we're supposed to be like him. Now we have this negative view, right, of of sanctification, I think. We think of it as an old process. It's something that the old church did, right? Um, we think about it as being the taking away stuff all the time. But you see, every night I take off my makeup, and every morning it starts back again, right? Anybody remember those old bottles of moisturizers your mama had in the cabinet that said oil of Olay? Oil of Olay, beauty fluid. I used to tease my mama. You got that oil of old age, is what I called it. Well, joke's on me, Mom, because I got oil of old age for my eyes. I got oil of old age for my cheeks and everything else, right? So we, we put this on, and, you know, it's, it's about who God is. When we're talking about sanctification, it's about who God is. It's not about man. And sometimes we tune out this message because we think it is. We think it's the man-made thing. Well, BJ just wants to tell me what I can and can't do today. No. 
I want you to think back to Exodus. So when God brings the the Hebrews out of Egypt, Moses leads them out of Egypt, and then one of the first things that happen is what? He gives them the commandments and the laws, right? Why did he do that? Well, because you need laws, that's why. No, because you had a group of people that had lived for hundreds of years in slavery under the Egyptians that didn't know how to be the people of God anymore. Right? They, they don't remember what that looked like. They don't know who God is. They've lived for hundreds of years in Egyptian world, serving Egyptian gods, eating Egyptian foods, and doing things the Egyptian way. That when they came out, God said, I need you to remind them who I am. And I am the one true God who is so jealous that I want them to serve only me. And I want them to treat people a certain way, right? That's what the laws and commandments were about. Coming out of slavery and learning how to live that free life again as God's chosen people. Now fast forward, we have Jesus Christ. We talked uh, several weeks ago about the Sermon on the Mount It's what we was watching in Chosen this week as they're getting ready for the Sermon on the Mount. And we had the audible gasp. And honestly, I read through my Bible, Chosen People, and I was hoping, like, well, I can't say that because that's a spoiler alert for the ones that ain't... Oh, never mind. That episode got me. That episode... I was hoping it was one of them other disciples that had that same name, but it's it's not because I've seen stuff on Chosen Storyline. But anyway... So Jesus is teaching his disciples these little mini-sermons. And we talked about how it's him reteaching them how to live, basically. Because here's what happens. When we get saved, we're being set free. We're being set free from sin. And guess what, church? Now we need to know how to live set apart as God's chosen people again. That is what sanctification is. Sanctification means set apart. And that's what Jesus is teaching. So again, why does the Holy Spirit come? There's got to be more. There's got to be more, right? So I talk a lot of smack on my poor husband in here and and give him a hard time. And this morning I'll share with you just a, a little bit of what that poor man has to put up with. Man, you're messing me up over there, by the way. Because I keep looking at the back going, he ain't even here to hear me talk about him again. Yeah, so it's messing me up. See, y'all really, some of y'all have your assigned seats in here, you think. And y'all want to know how to really mess with me, change it up. Like, pick a new seat. I always tell Leon Lloyd, yeah, that whole back row, I'm talking to y'all. I tell Leon Lloyd, I mean Leon McCleskey, I was like, you're a troublemaker. And I said, if you really want to be a troublemaker, come sit up front. I said, it will freak everybody out. Like they will wonder what in the world is going on. And Leon Lloyd, I hope you're enjoying that seat because I had to instruct McCleskey that when he saw Leon on that chair, no, it was not for him. And I told him there's a rule with that recliner. If some of y'all are drooling over it this morning... Mm -hmm. Because I know we've teased about this. Here's the rule. You have to be 97 years old to sit in the recliner in the sanctuary. So, when you get there, I'm just saying. 
So this is what my husband deals with, because here's the deal. Sanctification, it's not about just what gets taken away. It's about what gets put back, right? So every night I take off makeup, and guess what? Every morning I have to put it back on. And I have a routine that I use at my house. I don't know if Mo could hear through the walls this morning, my, my music playing when I was getting ready this morning. But this is just routine. And this is what my poor hubby has to deal with. Bo, do you have it open? There's always got to be one in the house. Bo, get back to work. Yours really is. Somebody put a lock on that door and don't let him out of that sound booth till I'm done. All right. Good gracious, Grandma. Where's Shelly Spate? There's her saying. Here it is. Why am I not playing on, on your thing, Bo? Open it up, Bo. We practiced this, Bo. Is it? Because I'm not. Sh- it's not showing me on my phone. Let me close mine and I'll try it again. I told you, technology. See, what good does it do me to come in and practice if technology still doesn't want to work? Spotify is open. There you go. I see you now. Oh, there it is. All right, this is all dreams. You can turn it up just a little bit. And sorry for online people. So when I get ready, I have to have music. It's just how it works in my house, right? So who else remembers the good days when all you needed was a bottle of CoverGirl foundation, right? And your fingers to put on your makeup. Well, just so you know, we don't do it that way. And y'all can y'all can at me later about how I do this wrong or right. I'm glad JC's not in here. She might give me pointers, right? But I got Mo over here. Maybe she should come do my makeup. But we don't do it that way anymore, just so you know. It was so much easier. And, and maybe some of y'all still do it that way. Who, who still puts it on the just old-fashioned way? There you go. Well, let me tell you, these little sponges, they're awesome. They're awesome. But nowadays, we also have this other thing we do. Ladies, contouring is where it's at, just so you know. You got to contour, right? Men, did y'all even know we go through this for you guys? Now, why do we contour? Because it makes me look skinny, right? Y'all don't have to laugh that hard. Come on. But that's what we do. And so, honestly, I mean, Bo ain't even got the music up as loud, but that's okay, because you need to hear me. Um, wait a minute, I'm not through contouring. You gotta, you gotta do the light spot. By the way, little life hack, if you want to start contouring, you don't have to buy the fancy stuff. Just get you some concealers to do it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else does that. But when I'm getting ready, there's music that poor Thomas has to put up with. I mean, like, it blares through my wall. Oh, I forgot a step. Man, I forgot my primer, but whatever. We're rolling with it. Now, one thing, I'm a little old school, and you guys remember... We grew up 
that you didn't let your face get shiny, right? Who, who attests to that? We don't have shiny faces. Um, but they like shiny faces now. It's, it's a dewy face. It's not shiny anymore, just so you know, it's dewy. So they like that, but I can't really get into that. I still have to have a little bit of powder. And it's because of that oil of old age stuff that I have pores like crazy that I don't like them to shine. So this is my morning routine, you know? One of the things about sanctification, I don't know if that turned it down or not, Bo. Maybe it did. But it is about relearning things. It's about opening yourself up to the possibility that the way you do things is not the best way, right? Because Romans 12 and 2 tells us not to conform to this world any longer, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what sanctification is about. Letting God renew your mind. Now, here's the fun thing. I don't have glasses for this this morning, so I have absolutely no idea what your faces look like right now. And so some of you are probably thinking, what is this music that we're playing? Trust me, it's all Christian and we're all good this morning. It's just a little different. And that's okay. You see, the problem we get sometimes with sanctification, we think that when when we talk about not conforming and being transformed, that we're still going to turn out cookie cutters and we're all going to look the same, but we're not. Because God still makes us all unique. So some of you may like to jam to the gaper in the morning. I have sort of a array of things I like to play on my music. One of the important things with sanctification, verse 3 in Romans 12 tells us to be honest in the way we examine ourselves. Oh, it's easy for you and I to look at everybody else's bad ways, right? We can point out how we need to convict others. But verse 3 reminds us, be honest. When you look in the mirror, be honest. So so when I do my makeup and I, and I ask you guys who still just, you know, slathers on some good old cover girl and goes on, that's not a bad thing. But I've had to be honest lately about my age and the different things happening in my skin. And it changes over time, right? So I've found that different foundations actually work better for hiding different things now, right? Contouring lifts my cheeks up because they are tending to sag a little, right? What What is that joke about the men getting the, the drawer disease as they get old? Well, women, we get it too. Like everything is dropping, right? And so I have to be a little bit honest. And when I do that, I begin to learn new things. Your spiritual life is just the same. When we're honest with ourselves, when we humble ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. Because here's the deal. Sanctification is an ongoing process. It starts the moment you receive Jesus Christ. And then it continues till the day you get to go to heaven. It's an ongoing process. So even Mr. Leon at 97, God is still working out sanctification in his life. Little Zoe... Whew, we working something in that little life. 
It's an ongoing process. It's never a one and done moment. Now, can I think of the moment that I gave God's permission? Yes. Dardanelle at the foot of my bed, alone in an apartment, and I said, God, I've been trying to live life, but something's missing. Would you come and do a work? Guess what? I didn't even know there was a word called sanctification. I didn't know what that meant to years later. But God met me at the end of that bed, and He began to change my life step by step. And I promise it's been an ongoing. Like, you think my music may sound crazy to you today. God has delivered me (laughs) from a lot of the music I used to listen to. And listen to those voices. I don't know, maybe Bo, I don't know if Bo is old enough to remember our, our, our house cleaning messages we used to do, talking about the things we bring into our life. God does care about that, by the way. He does. Because it's an ongoing process of learning to be more like Him and less like me. Now, this, this next part of my routine, forgive me if I get quiet in any places because it's the eyes. And ladies, you know that when you do your eyes, you have to like hold your mouth the right way. How many men, this is the first time you've watched a woman put on makeup. Anybody in here, like, have you ever watched your wife do it? I mean, really, because my husband, I caught him the other day looking at me funny. And it reminded me when we first started dating, the very first time he saw me doing makeup and hair, he just sat there with his mouth open just looking at me. And I don't mean like a just like, wow, you're hot kind of thing. It was a, I've just never seen anybody do this. And I I giggled and I kind of made the joke. I was like, have you never seen somebody do their makeup before? And he goes, no. And it dawned on me, oh, his mama didn't wear makeup. His mama didn't really do hair. I mean, she brushed it, she sprayed it, and she was done. And he grew up with three brothers. So thank goodness he didn't watch him do makeup. But so he still watches me in awe, I think. And in fact, just this morning, and I thought, thank you, honey, for giving me sermon material. He come in the bathroom and was making fun of me because I was dancing to the music as I was getting ready and so he started dancing with me because again this really is my routine for how I do things right now some things about my routine are pretty similar haven't changed a whole lot because I know we're scared to death of what God is going to change in our lives but I promise you it's always good changes and some things he won't change in your life Oh, he may tweak it a little bit. I still love music. It's just changed a little bit what music I do listen to. So that's, you know, that's how sanctification works. We're so scared to give him that access. Oh, I can tell you I've already messed up one place. Y'all can, ladies, give me an amen. I didn't bring a magnifying mirror for the eye work. Who, who else needs that good old magnifying mirror to find your eyeballs these days? Again, I had good makeup this morning, so I apologize, whatever this turns out, you know, for when I'm done. But, you know, we worry so much, though, about what we look like, what will people think. 
And I think that stops us from letting God work in us. Because honestly, it's just easier to be like the world. Because we worry that we're going to lose friendships. Hang on, that eye is... Just so y'all know, I have an eye. I got hit in a rock when I was a kid, and so it makes it very sensitive. I can't can't touch it the same way. Montana probably knows what that's like. Does it bother you when you put your makeup on too, Montana, for your... Yeah, okay. I love you, Montana. (laughs) So, you know, we worry so much, though, about what people think. I'm too short. I can't see in this basket. And what they do, and I know, ladies, I may do this routine different than you. Don't at me later, okay? Um, That we really don't let God do what he wants to do in our life, to be honest, because we're too scared. You know, mascara, I gave mascara up many, many years ago because I finally figured out I had a lot of dry eye, itchy eye stuff. And I finally discovered it's not allergies, it was mascara. And I tried different mascaras. And finally I couldn't find any, I gave it up. And then about three years ago, I started buying this Lime Life, lo and behold from Miss Mo, I bought Lime Life and it's the best thing. Like I can sleep in this. I am the commercial for all the wrong things to do with your makeup, just so you know. Because you're supposed to take it off every night, and I don't always do that. And I would wake up with matted up eyes because of my mascara. But I found this stuff, and it was great. So, you know, sometimes there's things God takes out of our lives, and it's a good thing. And sometimes he'll replace it with something else. It's kind of what he did with my music. Like, he took a lot of music that I liked out of my life, but he gave me a lot of great music, too. Right? He gave me things that were fun and 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 just God glorifying. That's what sanctification is about. It's about you and I becoming more like him, less like myself, less like the world. But now hear me out. When God does a work in your life, don't go beating up other people to make them do what you do. Right? We want to do that sometimes. And maybe we mean well because we understand how it changed us for the better and we just want that for somebody else. But it's still in God's timing on how they work in that person's life. You can share your testimony. So I can tell you about why I don't drink alcohol. I can tell you about why I change the things I've listened to, the things I watch. I can tell you about the attitude changes he's done in me. But I can't force that to happen in your life. You have to want it and desire it. Sanctification is about you desiring to be more like God. And I can't make you do that. I can't make you, as much as I wish that I could, I can't make you do that. But that's why it's so important that we're in the Word. Church, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to people outside these walls. That's why it's important that you are in the word because man doesn't change the heart. Only God does that, right? But why do we as Christians not read our Bible as regularly as we should? 
I think, first of all, we feel like it doesn't connect with the world we live in. Like, if I'm reading about Exodus and Moses and the law, how does that really affect my life? Well, I just told you that it's all about being set apart as God's chosen people and how that's mirrored in what Jesus did for us as well. It does connect to your life. Do you remember a few weeks back we talked about the power of four? Do you remember that? Where it, where we talked about the statistics that it took at least four encounters with the world in a week to make a difference in a person's life. So you come to church on Sunday, it really doesn't change it. Oh, but I come to church on Sunday and Wednesday to read my Bible. Still doesn't show a real change in your life. By that third engagement, okay, so I read a devotion this week. Yeah, there might be a little change. But four engagements in the Word of you reading God's Word started making significant changes in the believer's life. So why are we so scared to get in the Word? Why do we still refuse to do it? Really, I think it's because we hate change. Spoiler alert, if you follow Jesus Christ, there's going to be change in your life. There will be change in your life. I, I, I just promise, if you start engaging the Word, you'll start wanting more of God and less of everything else. And see, with sanctification, your, your true fear is change. You know, your true fear is, what will I have to give up? Can we stop thinking of it like that and start thinking of it of what will God give me? What will God do for me? Because it's not me, the pastor, that wants you to do all these things. There's there's some things that God changed in my life. I'd be happy if I could go back to it. But do you know why I can't? Because sanctification is about you and I being set apart so that people see God through us. And sometimes there's things in our lives they can't see past to see God. Sometimes there's things in our life our own children are witnessing. You know, we love to get on Facebook and tell about how the world is ruining our generation. You're raising them. What are they learning at home? You're raising them. And part of sanctification is so that your children can see God through you. That was one of the catalysts in my own life. And, and when God started working was when I had Brittany. And I realized when she started mimicking words that I was saying, going, Ooh, that's not going to be good in church. And I began to make changes. Now, that was a catalyst. But it was a catalyst that caused me to realize, I want to be more like God. I want to know what his desire is, his purpose in my life. That's the moment I began to think, wow, there's more than just salvation. Because I'm raising the next generation next to me. I'm affecting my co-workers and friends. I want to be more like God, less like me. He wants us to be set apart. Now, one thing we can't can't forget is I got to put lipstick on or I will feel really naked. And 
We're so scared. I know some of you have already blocked me out. Maybe you'll maybe you'll get something out of this message. Maybe you won't. But you're so scared. And, Bo, you can turn this song up just a little bit. Um, this is my current thump in my, my car, just so you know. Yeah, that ain't even it, Bo. I, I want them to feel for just a second what my husband goes through in my house. Because in my car, this song rattles all my windows and my mirrors, just so you know. That's mine analysis test. If a song will rattle your mirrors, it's a good song, all right? I love music. You can bring it back down. I love music. It thumps in my house a whole lot. And one day when I was getting ready, doing the makeup, I looked in the mirror and I saw my mama. Now I know some of y'all can relate to that. Hey, I have makeup. Let me look at y'all's faces so I can see who relates to that. But I'm not talking about that moment. We all have that moment where we see our mama, right? We see that face. Because when I do that, I go, ooh, ooh, they're mama, you know? Put the bangs back down because that looked like mama with the bangs up. I'm talking about, I just had this revelation. Music was playing, I'm putting on makeup. And I might have shared that with Thomas. I don't remember if he was even there, but I said, you know, when I was growing up, Friday and Saturday night was all about mom and daddy getting ready to go to the dance hall or the bar to hear a mute, you know, band play and they were going to a party, whatever it was. And so the routine was daddy would pop the eight track in. Oh yeah. Who, you know the mate tracks. He had the big old stereo, you know, thing that it was connected to and pop that eight. So music filled our house. Put on your high-heeled sneakers. If you know that song, we're going to talk after church and you're going to be up here at the altars, but that's okay. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But he would pop on the music and, and he would get dressed and he's dancing. You know, he had his dance moves and putting on the aftershave. But I remember specifically watching my mom get ready. Because mom was just a house mom, so she didn't put on the makeup and hair unless she was going out. And she'd have that makeup. So all these products that I had spent years, you know, pilfering through the cabinets of what, what was in there. She was putting them on. She was curling her hair. And uh, I just looked in the mirror and I thought, I'm my mama's kid. I got the music blaring. I'm putting on my makeup. But here was the difference. My music was a little different. Oh, this one will rattle your windows. <laughs> Sorry. The music was different. It's still Jesus music. And I was getting ready to go to church. I wasn't going out to a party. Or to the dance hall. Why? Because Jesus Christ came and changed my life. And the Holy Spirit continued to change my life. And church, it's available to you this morning. Maybe you've never heard it told in such a way. <laughs> what does it have to do with makeup, BJ? Because sometimes you have to strip down to the bare self and let God see the real you. By the way, spoiler alert, he already knows. He knows everything in your life going on. 
But sanctification sometimes is that moment that we come and we say, God, here I am. And I want to be more like you. And I don't know what that looks like. Like, it's not a set plan, by the way, because God is going to work on each of you differently. And he's going to continue to grow you. He's going to continue. If you will open the word and read it, he will tell you what Jesus taught. And he'll continue to lead you into truth. This morning is your chance for that. Because, you know, I've got testimonies from people that they knew the Spirit came the moment they received Christ and they knew what that meant and and He began to grow their life. But then there's times Thomas has this same moment. I have that moment of where we heard a message or, or he heard a message of sanctification and went to an altar. Me, again, mine was, it happened and I didn't realize there was a name for it. Because all it is is, God, I give you everything. Everything. Open all the closet doors, Lord. Peek in under every bed. Look up on top of every cabinet where I can hide something, Lord. And oh yeah, God, I even have some hidden compartments in the house that nobody knows about. You can look there too. Because God, I just want to be more like you. And I want people to see you through me. That's sanctification to be set apart. Stand with me this morning. And I know y'all can't get into a prayer mode on that song. But we can have some fun with that song. But we do have a song for our prayer song. But the Ebenezer jar is open for you to come drop a rock in and say, God, I know you. You were there. You did this. And I know you'll do it again. And maybe it's, God, I want to remember that moment. I remember when you saved me, Lord, but I want this thing called sanctification. I want the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to fill up, Lord, with the Spirit this morning. So maybe that's why you drop a rock. Or you just come to these altars and we will gather around you and we will pray for you for what God is wanting to do in your life. So come this morning, whether that's your Ebenezer jar or whether that's at the altars, come and let the Holy Spirit begin a work in you that maybe He has never done before. Sorry, I'm drowning. My God, will you still?
welcome to drop that rock in here. Whether it's your first, your tenth, your twentieth time, you've dropped twenty rocks in there. This is always old, open. We keep the jar here before, after services that you can come and you can pray if you need to. But just know that God hears. The Holy Spirit not only is in you convicting you of things that maybe need to change, but he's there to intercede for you. You can't mess up prayer because he knows what you need and he intercedes to the Father and he says, hey, this is what's going on, Father. This is what they need. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today open hands and open hearts. And God, I believe that you are doing a work in these pews this morning. I believe that you want people to draw near. God, I pray for people that you are putting a new passion, a new fire in their hearts. So that God, we become more like you. We become the set apart chosen people that you desire. We do not live in bondage any longer. We have been set free in the name of Jesus. And God, you want us to live in that freedom. God, you don't want to take away the fun. If anybody listened to my music this morning, they got to know that I still have fun. (laughs) Because I serve the risen Lord. And I'm excited for that opportunity. And I'm okay with the changes. I'm okay that I don't have to drink and I don't have to do things that the world still says is no big deal. And God, I know that those are not things that affect my salvation, but God, they affect the way people see me. They affect the way they see you. So God, may we humble ourselves to say, God, I don't know. I'm in over my head and I don't know what to do. But I want to be more like you. As we leave here today, Father, may your Holy Spirit continue to meditate these thoughts in the hearts of your people. And may it change us because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, go have a beautiful day with your friends and family. And go be a blessing to someone else. We'll see you Wednesday night, 6.30 for the meal, 7 for the service. Have a great day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.